Hello, and welcome to Wands and Fronds, the weekly podcast that covers magic, houseplants, and more. I'm Nick. And I'm Shannon. And we're your co-hosts. And today, I will be covering magical ways to attract joy into your life, as well as some very harmful and bogus claims about depression in the spiritual community. Nice. Uh, I'm going to be talking about sunflowers, which are one of my very favorite plants. I actually do have a sunflower tattoo on my left shoulder, which is something I have in common with one of Nick's sisters now. Uh, And I'm also going to give an intro to Fan, who is the queen of the fairies and an all around otherworldly babe. Uh, Also, I think it should be noted too, since I didn't bring this up during our intro to the muses that talia is kind of named after a muse you know that's like the origin of the name it's a variation on the spelling but yeah uh so shout out to nick's sister shout out to my sister um so and i would say kind of going in to my segment here i thought it would make a lot of sense to do a little bit of a switch up on our usual form and start with the QWP, because this week's questionable witchy practice also doubles as our very much on-brand disclaimer. So, two for the price of one. Uh, So, uh, here's the deal, you guys. There is a lot of magic out there that basically serves as a way to attract happiness into your life or purify negative energies, but I specifically have a problem with a certain quirk of language that is used to describe these spells. Uh, So we can talk about attracting happiness all day, but when you get into the realm of talking about banishing depression, that's sus. Very much sus. Because when we're talking about depression, we're talking about a disorder uh, with a pretty grim mortality rate that people spend their whole lives trying to get a handle on not some run-of-the-mill negative energy. So say what you mean. Uh, mean what you say. Yeah. Uh, and Because, like, we all get sad sometimes. But, like, yeah. depression is uh, very different. As someone who is, like, actually bipolar, I feel like we should all just, like, be aware of not uh, not using very loaded language when right. it's not appropriate. Like no, clinical diagnoses. <laughs> oh, right. Uh, so, and while I'm sure the writers of these spells don't really intend any harm by labeling a spell as a spell for depression, just doesn't set right with me. Uh, talk about attracting happiness. Uh, you know, you know, talk about sadness or mourning. Tons of leeway there. But depression is serious, so let's not cross any unhealthy boundaries with our craft or when we're writing about our craft. Uh, Yeah, because I I think it also just adds to that very negative stereotype that, like, depression or any sort of mental illness is just, like, a failure of your morality. Like, it's not some sort of, like, oh, you, like, didn't eat the right foods or, you know, you didn't, like, meditate the right way. It's, like, these are actual, like, chemical imbalances, and it's also just super shitty to people that have these you know, illnesses, when we make so so much light of it culturally. Right. And I I personally feel like there's a very culty vibe to claims of curing depression. Oh, yeah. Uh, I would say, you know, the modern mystery school comes to mind. Uh, They're in some very hot water right now and trying to convince 
everyone they're not a cult uh which i've actually sent you some screenshots of <laughs> yeah um, i feel like it's like if you have to say that you're not a cult yeah. You might be a cult. You might be a cult. Because people uh, that aren't in cults don't often have to defend themselves for not being in a cult. <laughs> right. But I I have seen these people trying to sell their like very snake oily life activation program as a cure for clinical depression and uh, kind of labeling it as low vibrational energy. Ugh, fuck uh, that. As, and something that they're going to be able to fix for you with their <laughs> very expensive programs yeah um, which is a super harmful claim to make to someone who is actually struggling with actual clinical depression yeah and would probably do anything to try to feel better yeah um it's i mean it's uh predatory yeah it's predatory is what it is but this is wands and fronds and we are firmly camp both and so take your meds, kids, and do some magic. And for fuck's sake, if you're publishing spells to attract happiness and banish negative energy, don't refer to the negative energies as depression. That's not what that is, you fucking quack witches. Can we just fucking not? We, <laughs> we really could just not. It's, right? And it's like, that's why I'm like, this is questionable. Because people are writing these things with good sound practices, you know, it's like they're following the right kinds of herbs that you should be using for this purpose. You know, they're they're talking about it in the right ways, like they know what they're talking about. But at some point, a choice is made to, to use the word depression. And that's yeah. not the right word, y'all. Um, and so, yeah, time to take a breath. And get down mm -hmm. off my soapbox. Yeah. And now we're going to talk about something like so much sweeter. Yeah. We're it's we're like doing a full 180. We're talking about magical ways to boost happiness. Woo! So starting here with some of the magical associations with the emotion of joy that we can put to work in our practice. So I would say the biggest one to look at here that's going to come up time and time again, if this is something that you are personally researching it's going to be like the sun and solar energy. Coincidentally, that really ties in with us choosing sunflowers to be the plant star in this episode. Yeah, what, what? <laughs> right, and, you know, Shannon's giving us a whole breakdown on sunflowers by themselves later on. Um, but kind of thinking about that association with the sun, we also end up with the colors yellow and orange, which is going to come up time and time again in all kinds of different spells for attracting happiness. Uh, and, you know, I think it's super fitting that Buddhists also have this connection between orange and joy. And you will see a lot of orange stuff in places like Tibet and India, where Buddhist traditions are part of the local culture. So clearly there is something to this um, yeah. that crosses cultural boundaries 100 um, percent. and i when you talk when you start talking about those colors and like orange and yellow it makes me also think of like the chakras right because uh -huh. like your sacral chakra is the one that's like right below your navel and it's all about like creativity and like sexual energy and you know fun shit and that's like it's the orange chakra it's the orange and chakra. Then, yeah and yellow is the solar plexus which is like the one that's like right below your chest and it's all about like self-esteem and pleasure. So, you know, I feel like 
even the like the chakra color coding also right. kind of supports that too. It's like yellow and orange. These are like the the solar colors. These are like really happy colors. Yeah. But really though, like the sun is the perfect symbol for this kind of work because it is so powerful. And really like when I think of happiness, like when I'm happy, I think of like a sunny summer or late spring day. And I also think this makes sense while we're on the topic to talk about the effects of not getting enough sun. Uh, So even people who don't suffer from seasonal affective disorder know that when you go through like a hard winter or a particularly long hurricane season in Texas, you you get that ennui feeling like, yeah, you know, that very melancholic edge where you don't know what time it is and all you want to do is like drink heavily and sleep (laughs) until the sun comes back out i mean it's like there's a reason that the heavy like death metal and shit all comes out of scandinavia (laughs) yeah where it's literally dark for like three months out of the year or more uh (laughs) but at least three months of the year so uh so you see it's really just like a no-brainer that all of the magical associations with happiness are kind of tied up in solar energies uh and speaking of solar energies let's circle back around to those colors we were talking about earlier so shannon if i were to ask you what orange and yellow smelled like what would you say yeah i mean to me i think it's like yellow smells like lemons and orange smells like oranges like they're actually literally fruits that are named for the color so i <laughs> right i guess that makes sense um <laughs> exactly so A lot of spells for attracting and increasing happiness are going to be using citrus fruits and especially citrus peels because of the aroma that is so, so, so evocative of that solar energy. It's like when you cut into a lemon peel, you get that bright, energetic, citrusy Mm. smell. Yeah. And it's so strong. And the sun is so strong. Um, So, you know, we love it. On a weird side note, do you remember there was this like toothpaste that was orange flavored back in the day? And it was so gross. It was like, because, you know, everyone knows like mint and it's like mint and orange don't go well together because there's like that joke, like you should never drink orange juice right after brushing your teeth. But then some fucking psychopath in the 90s and early aughts was like, let's just make a fucking orange flavored toothpaste. And it was as bad as it sounds like it would be. Yeah, it really, it was like brushing your teeth with orange juice in your mouth. Yeah, with just, Absolutely disgusting. (laughs) Absolutely disgusting. And yes, I do remember that one. I think I remember getting that because it was on sale. Yeah, that's probably why we ended up with it too, because, oh my God, it was just They were just trying to get rid of it. Yeah, talking about all the citrus for some reason just like unearthed this strange (laughs) hidden memory. Strange hidden memory (laughs) unlocked. Uh, But some other herbs to think of besides the really obvious use of citrus is going to be things like lemongrass, lemon balm, which we're going to talk about in every episode until we get canceled. Um, (laughs) Chamomile, because of that striking yellow color in the center. Sunflowers, of course... Uh, And I also saw, kind of doing, like, the herbal section here, St. John's wort came up a lot. So speaking of, like, unearthing hidden memories, I remember back in, like, the late 90s and early 2000s, people were fucking with taking, like, St. John's wort supplements as kind of, like, a natural antidepressant. Um, Yeah. 
it's the thing. It it can help with that a lot. I would just say, like, as a disclaimer, that St. John's wort is something you really, really shouldn't use, though, if you're on antidepressants, which I think is something just kind of important to plug about that. Oh, there's literally a whole laundry list of medical interactions with St. John's wort. So I was bringing yeah, it up yeah. because I was saying I, I don't recommend it. Also, <gasps> St. John's wort, does have the lovely yellow flowers, though. It likes to be in the sun. Pretty easy to grow. But with that being said, yeah, it also messes with um, hormonal birth control. So if you're a lady, can't do that. If you're on antidepressants, yeah. can't do that. Also, just like liver toxicity. If you were to take it every day at the doses they recommend to help with depression, there is a chance. Unless you, I mean, I'm not even, I'm, uh, disclaimer, not a doctor. But Literally, unless you were like, have never had a drop of alcohol or ibuprofen in your life, you don't want to risk liver toxicity because you probably, especially if you're an American, maybe don't have the healthiest liver to start with. Yeah. Uh, I just want to say on like the depression side, though, the the really bad thing it can cause there is like serotonin syndrome. It can oh, basically yeah. cause you to have too much serotonin in your brain, which is very dangerous right so it's like the interaction with like antidepressants in particular is like real nasty so th this is also why you should also just always work with an herbalist like an actual someone who has studied herbalism in like collaboration with your doctors like right both together if you're going to be doing this but yeah i did want to kind of like touch on that one because you see it a lot yeah and it's like hey maybe don't you know? Yeah. You probably don't need it. There's a lot of other great stuff out there that yeah. is not going to do that. Yeah, there's so. just a lot of interactions there. I wouldn't suggest, like, going and just, like, casually getting the tea and stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. And so I was sure. I was literally just bringing that one up to say not at the top of my list. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, totally, totally. Oh, I know you weren't, like, recommending it. I just always – I'm, like, the idea of, like, serotonin syndrome is mm -hmm. one of, like, my nightmares as someone who's been on mental health medications on right. and off for most of my life. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. We, don't, we, we wouldn't want that to happen to one no. of our lovely listeners. So, no, we love so you. Don't, don't buy into uh, – there seems to be, like, hype for St. John's Wort You're floating right. around out there on the internet. And I'm here to say that could have been our QWP as well. Right. But, We're um, here to say those are probably the same people that are talking about spells that cure depression. So let's steer <laughs> right. clear of them. Um, <laughs> just give them a wide berth and um, look the other way. But – so kind of back, back off the rabbit trail, um, <laughs> I do also feel – that citrusy culinary herbs like sorrel or kefir lime leaves have the right kind of energy for this work as well. Um, mm, yum, have you yum. have you ever smelled a bag of fresh kefir lime leaves? Oh yeah, I have. And my honestly, every time I think of kefir like lime leaves, though my um, I, my mouth waters because Trader Joe's makes a cashew and it's like a spicy like kefir lime. Um, it's like kefir lime and like chilies and spices on cashews. And they're just one of my very favorite snack foods. So that big does love sound really good for yeah. kefir lime leaves over here. <laughs> right. Um, but I was going to say, I also feel like this is going to be a place where like your personal associations with flowers and herbs is especially important because when we talk about doing spells to increase happiness, What's important is actually what makes you happy. Yes. So 
while I happen to love like the yellow colors and like the citrus vibe for traditional takes on happiness spells, like you really do need to make these things your own. So if you like yellow roses instead of sunflowers, go with that. If you live in Texas like I do and have access to Esperanza flowers, which love the sun. Oh, yeah. And have that bright yellow color, please go for it. There's also those lovely yellow flowers that grow on Nopales cactus. And hey, if you're a cactus lover and can safely harvest a few, have at it. You know, this is about what you like. This is your happiness. This is your this is your craft. I love this. And also Nepalese. I I think the problem is, so we're recording this on a Monday night and I haven't eaten dinner yet. So I think the problem is I'm hungry because you said Nepalese and I was also just like, hmm, Nepalese. I'll eat some of those. Oh, right. Well, I was thinking though, you know, they use them a lot here in Texas as landscaping plants, just like Nepalese cactus. Yeah. And also, uh, you know, those are are the ones that sometimes grow the the prickly pears. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's like, it's a safe cactus to eat. And yeah, you do get those nice yellow flowers, um, when the, when it's fruiting time. Um, and yeah, they're, they're everywhere here. Uh, most of them are dead and regrowing from the snowstorm still, but they're around, they're around. Um, (laughs) but okay. So rounding out this section, I have something you won't hear from me a lot. And that is a crystal recommendation. So (gasps) I I know, I know. You know, take take all the time you need to gasp. But for real, one of the few crystals I actually stand by actually has its place here in the realm of magical happiness, and that is citrine. Mm-hmm. And this stone has very strong solar associations for doing this kind of work, as well as being like a great pocket stone for inviting positive energy into your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a really cute necklace with a citrine point on it that um, Eric got for me. And I I, I just, I love citrine. And yeah. I like the little like imperfect bits of citrine too, mm-hmm. where it's kind of like white and orange or like white and yellow, you know, where it's, they're, they're all like unique, you know? So it's like, you can really go to the crystal store and like see which one kind of speaks to you. Yeah. Because they re- yeah. there really is a lot of variation in these. Um, And kind of back on the rabbit trail, I used to occasionally hang out with a witch who was named Citrine, and she was literally such a ray of sunshine, and I certainly don't think that's a coincidence at all. No, and that's such a dope name. It really is, and I never got up the courage to ask if that was her real name because it suited her personality so well that even if it wasn't, I feel like it would be rude to ask. It's her real name in my heart. It's it's her real name in my heart, too. Um, but of course, all of that is more or less just raw data. And here at Wands and Fronds, we like to give you all more. That's right. We so, like to give you more. Our slogan? Maybe. <laughs> uh, so putting some of these principles in action, I have decided to, you know, dust off my Book of Shadows and craft a homebrew spell to share with you guys to attract some joy into your lives since it has been a hot minute since we did one of these. And I really just feel drawn to this kind of work. I feel like it's in my wheelhouse as someone with a bit of that fiery solar energy myself. You know, Aries, the sun is exalted in Aries. Um, my hair is bright yellow right now. I'm, I feel like this is, this is a spell I should be doing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
I if I was looking for happiness attracting witchcraft, I would look for someone that looked like me. Uh so yeah, Nick is like embodying joy right now in a way that I am super here for. So for this spell, whose working title is doormat spell to attract happiness, <laughs> we could workshop that though. Um, you will need the following supplies: um, sun water. Think moon water, but with the sun. Uh, you know, gorgeous sunny day. Charge mm-hmm. your water in the sun. Bonus points here if you want to make it into a bit of a sun tea with lemon peel or chamomile flowers. Um, you're not gonna you're not gonna be drinking this, but no. But for the color, if you have dried calendula and you throw a little bit in there, it'll also turn the water really pretty, like yellowy orange. Which love that. So, you know, you're going to get some bonus points if you do that. But you could just make sun water. You know, I have a little jar that I like to use. And out on the patio between like 12 and 1, we get full sunlight, put it out. Now, I will say, and I kind of address this later on, it has to be sunny. It can't just be the daytime. So you might have to wait. Sorry. (laughs) Um, So a yellow candle, a sunflower... Uh, lemon or orange peels, I say either is fine, uh, paper and pen, the sun card from a tarot deck, and maybe don't use your best tarot deck because there's a slight chance. There's a slight chance you might get it a little messy. But yeah, we've addressed that. Well, this goes back to Nick's amazing tip to get like a spare tarot deck mm-hmm. that you use for spell work. Just a reminder in case maybe you didn't remember that. Yes, uh, I Not did talk you, about, I mean the listeners. No, I was going to say, I, I did talk about this in a previous episode. It is a great idea to have a tarot deck that you use for rituals yeah. in the event that, you know, things get... Candle wax. There's so much candle wax. Yeah. So, um, lemongrass or lemon balm essential oil. And we do want it to be the essential oil. Um, sorry. You got to get it. Uh, <laughs> So, uh, uh, and a candle dressing that should at least include lemon zest, but would also be great with some of your leftover sunflower petals, some dried lemon balm if you've got it, maybe some crushed bay or pine needles for like a purification aspect would be very, very good here. But we want you to at least have lemon zest in your candle dressing or orange zest, because I did say you could use an orange. The zest of your citrus. The zest of your citrus. That is right. Um, not a lime, though. Not the right color. <laughs> Fair. So, to start with here, you should obviously make your sun water. And again, you want it in full sunlight. So this isn't really a place where just putting water out on a cloudy day is going to cut it. No, no, no. Be patient. Wait for a sunny day. Um, so... We've got our sun water, and now we have to do the rest of the spell. And for any of y'all out there who have been listening to this podcast since the beginning, you know that most of my homebrews lean heavily on written words to carry the essence of what we're trying to do with the spell. Uh, Two reasons for that. I personally feel like that the process of writing it out imbues the spell with so, so, so much power. Uh, and also sometimes I just feel a little weird doing incantations by myself. So I feel like this is something I'm doing in solo practice. I'm writing down what I want. 
Yeah, Nick's also a lyrical bitch, so it makes sense. You like to have the pretty prose. I love yeah, that. It's got to be pretty. Yeah. It's got to be pretty. Uh, so for this one, we are writing a list of specific positive things that we can invite into our lives that would bring us joy. And the heading of the list should read, In your nicest penmanship, please, you are cordially invited. Like how you would address an invitation. Oh my god. I love this so much. And some examples from mine are, you do not have to use these. I'm giving you 10 good examples from my personal list. Number one, (laughs) pleasant dinner guests. Number two, good orgasms. Number three, good wine. Number four, new witchy friends. Something that will always make me happy. Uh, Number five, career opportunities. Number six, thoughtful book recommendations. Number seven, good news from my family and friends. Number eight, for my cats to continue to be healthy and happy. Number nine, good surprises, not bad surprises. And number 10, for all my Sagittarians out there, uh, travel opportunities. Nice. So, um, your list might look a lot like mine, or it could be completely different, but it needs to be things that would bring joy into your life and an opportunity to ask for things that are more specific than just happiness. Yeah, I like that too, Nick, because I think that's something people have to remember about magic is that uh, it helps to be specific because if you're just asking for happiness, you know, well, maybe you're in a marriage that shouldn't be together. So long term, them break- that breaking up is going to be what makes you happy. And the universe is like, cool, so I'm going to get you a divorce when you wish for happiness. Right. And that might not be what you're going for. No. <laughs> and it's like, it's kind of like the muses, you know? Yeah. If you only ask for inspiration, they could inspire you to write a tragedy. Yeah. By putting you through some shit. Yeah. Exactly. So you you really want to be a little more specific. Um, so <laughs> this part, you definitely, the writing part and the charging part, you want to do on the day of the new moon. Because the new moon energy is all about new beginnings and manifesting things. No brainer. Um, so we've written our invitation. Now comes the magic. So I'm recommending here that you do this particular spell. In your personal happy place. So, what do I mean by that? So for me, my happy place is not at my altar. It is on my patio. So that's where I usually write my podcast segments when I have the luxury of writing at home. It's where I chill with my kitten while she watches the squirrels. It's where I have a wine spritzer and a spliff after a long day at work. Mm. It is my happy place, hands down uncontested. So please put some thought into this because it's an important part of the symbolism of this ritual. Uh, An important distinction here is that it should be a place where you go to be happy and it's not necessarily where you go to escape from your problems. So again, for me, it's my patio where I go to hide from my, the world and my problems is my bathroom. So Mm, different. That's a different place. No, that's fair. I think for me, my happy place would probably be on my back porch. So yeah, we're, you know, patio ladies. We are patio ladies. That makes, I see that in us. 
Um, <laughs> and, you know, and we've been going strong being patio ladies for a very long time. So. That's true. That's true. True facts. Remember Project Blue? It was all oh about the patio. Really, Project Blue could have saved the property value of that home. <laughs> but anyway. Um, so you're <laughs> going to want to find a nice, clean surface to place your list and get it charged up. So we're placing the sun card face up over your list, right? Covering both with a clean sheet of paper. Hmm. Feel free to use printer paper for both of these. Since the one you write on is likely going to get destroyed, this is not really the place for your fine stationery. Um, and but also, it'll be the right size to get covered up by another piece of printer paper. <laughs> yeah, so, but if you do want to get out nice stationery, I feel like this does seem like a spell where I'd be willing to sacrifice a piece if I'm writing a cordial invitation. Yes, also very true. Uh, you know, shout out to were you raised by wolves? If you are <laughs> writing a very cordial invitation. It might be best to use good stationery. I'm doing a 180 here. Use it if you got it. <laughs> but we're putting the sun card face up. We're putting another piece of paper over everything, mainly to protect your tarot card from errant wax. Um, and then on top of that, you're placing your dressed candle. And we do have a primer on dressing candles coming up up in a different episode so be on the lookout for that but basically if you've ever made fried chicken you know you dip it in the wet and you roll it in the dry oh my god i love that um yeah so definitely bookmark this if you don't know anything about dressing candles and you can come back to it because nick is going to give us a good primer but also you can just message us if you totally could we're here to help if you if the fried chicken it. analogy was not helpful um we are here to answer questions <laughs> uh so and a piece of citrine. Get get a little piece of citrine. I, you know, I like citrine. You can use it as a pocket stone when you're done with this. So you don't just yeah. have to use it the one time. Um, I and, feel like because Nick is actually recommending a crystal, everyone does need to make sure they have it in their collection. Right, right, right. <laughs> uh, you know, somebody call my stockbroker. We need to buy some uh, stock in citrine. Um, Nick, you can't tell them our ploy. <laughs> I think that no. makes it insider trading if we tell everyone, right? I I'm guess that's true, I don't know yeah. anything about stocks. I don't either. <laughs> um, but okay, so, and then mostly burn your whole dress candle over your little setup. Um, and while this is happening, you can also make a small dish of happiness salt, which will be salt. Sea salt will be fine. Um, table salt would be goes okay. goes on the rim of a margarita. Happiness salt? Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so salt, lemon zest sunflower petals i think a handful's worth should be just enough um and if your candle is still going you can put this over your invitation with the citrine until the ritual is completely finished and your candle has either burned out on its own or it's getting kind of low you can just blow it out um <laughs> so because you don't just want a puddle of wax on on top of your your invitation and yeah. your, your tarot card. We want you to be fire safe, y'all. Yes, we do. Uh, so our invitation has been charged with that joyful solar energy and is ready to do some work and invite these things into your life. So we need to get the area ready. And this is where the sun water and salt are coming into play. Uh, remove your doormat and splash your sun water all over your door, allowing it to run down to where your doormat usually rests. And then giving it a nice wipe from 
top to bottom, making sure while you do so to set the intention that your door is the portal for happy things to enter your life. I just have to say, I'm sorry, the reason I was giggling in the background is the way you said remove your doormat made me imagine like it it had me anthropomorphize like my little townhouse and removing the doormat was like taking off their pants and they were feeling <laughs> indecent. It's very um, indecent. <laughs> sorry, I've had a long day, but No, it's I I I I I'm loving I'm loving the uh the commentary. Uh also I'm like you're removing the doormat and then splashing it with water. So, you know, you, this is one of those situations where this is like a very low key spell once it's done. Yeah. But you're going to look like kind of a crazy person, like splashing sun water on your door. Um, and for this, I recommend doing the thing that you do when you're pouring olive oil, where you um, put your thumb over the top and then splash it. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you don't pour it all out at once. Uh, so give it a good splash, let it run down to where the doormat usually is, and then wipe it with a towel from top to bottom, right? We're taking special care here to also hit the spot directly in front of the door. And mm. it might be a good idea to sweep for dust beforehand. Just a thought. <laughs> yeah, you don't have get to. it all damp. Right. It might be nice. So now you make a thin line of your happiness salt right beneath your door like right under that little that little piece of metal that's like the step where you step in mm -hmm. it's like right there uh might be a good idea to like fold a piece of paper in half and use that as a funnel to make a nice straight line okay your virgo is showing and it's making <laughs> me very pleased um yes so we're making a line of salt right beneath your door from edge to edge of the entrance you want to make sure you cover the whole thing so that anything coming through the door is coming over this line okay mm -hmm. no gap it's important <laughs> uh so this is going to act as like a filter for things that are not on your list and also with the lemon and sunflower work as an attractant for those things that you do want. And next we are centering the list in the middle of your doorway and replacing your doormat on top of it. And it is that simple. You've sent an invitation out into the universe to invite happiness in. And like I said, it's very low key once you're done. So for those of you in the broom closet, it won't invite a lot of prying questions. So yeah. Uh, and I feel like if you have like roommates or a spouse that maybe doesn't know, you could maybe even like put a little tape underneath the doormat to keep your list taped to the bottom of the mat. Mm -hmm. So, you I, know, I love that. Yeah. A little if you need to keep it like extra low key, we're here to, you know, yeah, brainstorm yeah. with you how to do we're that. Not trying to, we're, we're not trying to out anyone. No. Um, but yeah, there you have it, folks. We did a little homebrew for you. Uh, a little something for for your book of shadows. So Maybe give it a try. I'm thinking I want to do this for the next new moon. Um, yeah. And so hopefully pictures incoming on the Instagram page. I do love this because it is it is that like spring cleaning time and, you know, we've got some holidays coming up, but it's a good reminder, like reading through the spell you came up with. I was like, oh, shit, I do need to redo the salt and stuff because I have... Um, I have runes under my doormat and I do have like salt lines at the front and back door, but um, just like a friendly reminder or 
you know, a new piece of info for people that might not know, uh, the salt isn't kind of like a set it and forget it forever type thing. It does need to be refreshed at some point. So this was a good reminder for me that's like, oh, yeah, I could uh, I could also do this because I already need to re up my salt on my door. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad I can, I'm glad I can do that for you. You inspire. Um, so on this like very bizarre Shannon day, cause I'm a little rabbit traily and tired this afternoon. Um, I'm very excited to get to talk about something that always makes me happy. So it's like, we're talking about joy and like spell work for joys and what on earth would we talk about in this episode? And when I think about things that like make me happy, sunflowers are super high on that list. Um, And sunflowers, I think are something that like, just does have that like automatic connotation with joy. No, what? And it's like, it's like part of how they work. They're always facing the sun. Very cool. And I do love that thing, which I didn't see if you said it in here, but when it's cloudy, the sunflowers face each other. Oh, I didn't talk about that here, but I do like that they reset to the east every night for the sun to come back up, um, which is cute. They're so cute. Uh, And something that I also think is a very important reminder here, though, is that the sunflower is actually like an ancient flower that was grown by the indigenous people of Mexico and Peru for more than 4,000 years. And some findings also suggest that like Aztecs might have grown sunflowers before they even grew corn. And when the Spanish came on their quest for gold, which, you know, turned into colonialism, uh, they found fields of this like amazingly gorgeous golden flower. So it's like, you know, they didn't find gold in the alchemical or like, you know, the stone sense, but they did find gold from nature. Oh, so the scientific name, though, uh, does come from the Greek. So Helios and Anthos. Um, it's, so it's like literally coming from the Greek, though, for sun and flower. So there's not like a big stretch from the original, like the scientific name to what we call it in American English. And these these do come in all sorts of colors. You know, I think red and orange and maroon and brown. But we all pretty much immediately, I'm sure, think of like our big yellow friends um the brown centers on the flowers like ripen into heavy seeds which then fall and fill the fields that they're grown in and you know there's there's just so much beauty in the life cycle of a sunflower and we we talked about a little bit already but like my favorite thing is the fact that they are heliotropic so they do like follow the movement of the sun. So they move from east to west. And then at night, they actually turn to face east again. So they get the morning sun, which I think is just like super magical. And the only time that that stops is once their seeds get heavy, because then, you know, when the seeds are all like full and plump, it's like, it's heavy. So they're not, they're not flopping they around. Can't, they can't just flop around anymore. Yeah. Um, and sunflowers are really fast growing too, which uh, I think is always fun for those of us that don't have a lot of patience, uh, which is probably most people in modern society. But they do grow really fast. Most of them will reach maturity within three months. And as far as sizes go, it's pretty diverse. The largest varieties can grow over 16 feet with flower heads that are more than a foot across. And there are even like super tiny varieties that like barely reach a foot tall. So, you know, if you like most of us don't have room for mammoth flowers, uh, there are plenty of varieties for you that won't be 16 feet tall. I mean, I don't know. I think my 
apartment patio could handle it. Uh, yeah, you could handle a field of 16 foot uh, flowers, you think? Mm -hmm. I believe yeah. in you. Um, that There's no way that would go wrong. Um, <laughs> you do want to sow those seeds for sunflowers directly into the ground or container. These aren't ones that you'll want to like start inside in a little container and then transplant. Like they don't like to have their feet disturbed. Um, so, you know, these are something you just go straight into the ground. You do want to sow the seeds like after the danger of your last spring frost has gone, though, uh, if you're somewhere where that happens, because, you know, freezing is not good for your new little seedlings. But then once that's once that time's passed, you know, just go ahead and get those bad boys in the ground and you want to bury them around an inch to like an inch and a half deep. And then if you're growing a bunch of them, ideally like six inches apart. But you can also do what what I do, which is like you kind of just like plant a bunch of them close together and then you thin the herd when they're about six inches tall. Uh, only the strong survive. You know, it's survival of the fittest in my garden. But I find that that's often an easier way to go. It's, you don't have to be quite as meticulous initially. And then also if you have some that like maybe don't germinate, then you're not left with like a hole in your like row of beautifully spaced flowers, which would drive me nuts. Um, I mean, yeah. Speaking of, speaking of Virgo energy. Yeah. You, you don't, you yeah. don't want your spacing to be uneven. I know it would upset all of us. Uh, so I think no one's going to be shocked when they learn that sunflowers need full sun uh, I feel like the name does give it away there. But they're they're not too fussy when it comes to the soil. They do have really intense tap roots, though, that need to stretch out. So if you're, like, planting some in, like, a raised bed or something, you're going to need one that's, like, two feet deep at least and about three feet across. Just because they do need, like, they need that room for their roots and they'll, you know they'll like totally kill off other plants around them. Um, they are very heavy feeders. So you'll want to amend the soil or like the compost with fertilizer about eight inches down. If you're like planting them into the ground, unless you're like one of those, I think like five people in the world that somehow has amazing soil and you don't have to do anything to it ever. And in that case, like, fuck you. Uh, but the rest of us are going to have to amend our soil. And since these flowers get super tall, you also want to think about maybe somewhere they could be protected from like strong winds, especially since the larger varieties can get, you know, obviously like really top heavy when they get those mature seeds. I mean, it's like imagine one of those mammoths, 16 feet tall, foot across flower, full of heavy ass sunflower seeds. You know, that's that could be a falling hazard. Um <laughs> So, you don't you want know. to injure any dogs or small children. Exactly. I mean, or you might want to injure some small children sometimes. Just kidding. Um, we have weird neighbors, y'all. <laughs> so I've I've seen it firsthand. I've seen it firsthand. Shannon is not a monster. No, I'm actually not a monster. I would never actually do that, but sometimes I would think about it. Um <laughs> So, you know, somewhere that's protected from the winds, though, is like a good idea, uh, especially like here in L.A. in California, Southern California, we get those Santa Anas, which are just like not so crazy balls. So, you know, keep that in mind. Uh, and when the plants are small, you do want to kind of water around the root zone, but not like on top of it. So you don't do what I just did recently and knocked a bunch of my poor little seedlings over. Uh, I think that it's coming together all right anyway but um do as i say not as i do uh i was just being like i just wasn't paying attention with my water hose so not to rabbit trail too much but i just oh i'm so sad for my poor little sunflower seedlings 
Anyway, once the plant is established, you do want to water deeply, but infrequently. And that helps encourage like good deep rooting. And that's a good rule for anything that you're going to be eating the roots on um, things like echinacea or valerian. You know, you don't want to, if you do a bunch of like small shallow watering, then all of the roots like closer to the surface of the soil are going to get built up. But things that you want that deep root, that's why you water really deeply, but infrequently. Because the idea is you're trying to get the roots to like stretch down into the ground instead of like staying at the shallow surface level. Um, So once these guys get tall, some of them might require support. And I think bamboo stakes are always like a good and easy option. I love bamboo because it's, you know, it's a very renewable resource to renewable in lots of the world. Um, But bamboo stakes are amazing for gardening because they also don't break down super fast. So I think bamboo stakes are really a great choice here. Uh, Birds and squirrels will try to get at the seeds. So, you know, if that's something you deal with, you'll want to get some sort of like barrier devices to keep them safe. Or, you know, you can be like me and just say if the birds get to the seeds, it's fine. But squirrels will stay away from cayenne. So you can at least keep like half of the predators away just with like herbs on the ground. Um, But they are overall pretty insect free which I think is is great. They're not something that you're going to have to worry about a bunch of like super invasive like mealy bugs or something like that. But these plants are also pretty hardcore and they have a dark side. Sunflowers are allelopathic, which means they give off toxins from all parts of the plant that impede the growth of other plants or even kills the other plants. And That's a really cool evolutionary trait because they're able to get rid of competition. But even if it is sunflowers, if they're grown in the same spot year after year, eventually their own seedlings will also start to kind of feel the pain of this, like, you know, the toxin leaching that they do essentially. So that's something to like, you know, just keep that in mind. Um, This can be helpful though, because sunflower extracts are being considered as like, potential organic herbicides. So, you know, if you have, for example, a really ugly bush near your porch that you wanted to get rid of, but maintenance never shows up in a timely manner, you could plant a bunch of sunflowers behind it. And eventually that will help start killing off some of that plant. Uh, that's exactly what I'm doing, if that wasn't obvious. <laughs> I'm just like, this is so specific, Shannon. Where did you possibly get this idea? Right? Uh, very specific, because this is what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm using my sunflower seedlings as a weapon. Um, so to sort of like avert some of the issues around, you know, this like toxin leaching it does though, you can just uh, compost the plants, including their roots in the fall and just like make sure you're actually digging up all the roots and then like the rain and the natural decomposition over, you know, the ensuing year will eliminate a lot of those toxins that are left in the soil. Um, And a cool way that you can actually see this, and I say cool, not for the people it's happening to, um, but if you have ever noticed a bird feeder and then there's like kind of a bare patch of ground below it where the grass is dead, that's because of the holes from the sunflower seeds drop and then start to kill the plants or the grasses below the feeder. So that's what causes that. Um, so, you know, if you've got a bird feeder then maybe plant it over like a patio or a deck. Uh, Or you could just grow like sunflower resistant plants under the feeder. 
there are some that are resistant to its like, you know, attempted murder. And those are like Black Eyed Susans, Boxwood, uh, Daylilies, Dahlias, Echinacea, Lemon Balm, Thyme, Mint, Roses, you know, a handful of things. Uh, And you can use the seed, the flower petals, and the leaves for some herbal remedies. Um, The seeds are a really great source of like calcium, phosphorus, magnesium, natrium, potassium, and iron. And the seeds are also one of the best sources of um, phenylalanine, which is a substance that helps prevent pain due to its anti-inflammatory and analgesic effect. Um, And you can cook the seeds for like 20 minutes in water, which is how you prepare a decoction. And you can drink that to help with like cough and kidney inflammation. You can use the petals and like teas or tinctures to soothe a sore throat or take like the swelling out of an insect bite with them. And the tea is also supposed to help reduce the inflammation of like the windpipe and tonsils. So, you know, if you're like a singer or a performer, you know, talk to your doctor. Maybe some sunflower tea could be like a good beverage for you pre-event. Um, so the magic. Mm. Shocking to approximately no one, the sunflower is associated with the element fire, the sun, of course, and the astrological sign Leo. Uh, let's all just take a moment to be totally shocked by this left, like this left field, strange association list. Um, <sighs> right, it's a masculine plant that's also associated with the um, the solar plexus chakra. And these are really great to use in like spells for fertility, abundance, happiness, and improving your self-esteem. You can grow them in your garden to attract abundance and grant good luck to you and your family, which is also why they're a great choice in Nick's uh, salt for under your door area. And uh, sleeping with a sunflower under the bed is said to help you see the truth in any manner. So pro tip right there. But the favorite thing uh, that I read about them was that if you cut a sunflower at sunset while making a wish, the wish will come true before another sunset as long as the wish isn't too grand, which is like, also, I love that disclaimer. Um, (laughs) But like, let's go cut a sunflower at sunset sometime, right? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So Also, they they do grow in the ditches here in texas all the time so yeah if you think i'm not gonna do that i mean i encourage it <laughs> uh, so i used a few sources today including uh cunningham's encyclopedia of magical herbs green witchcraft by Paige vanderbeck the farmer's almanac and herbal supplement resource.com so that's sunflower um, oh man <laughs> I know, isn't she? Isn't she a good one? I know it's a masculine plant, but it's a girl to me. She's a lady to me. She's a lady. Whoa, and that's, whoa, whoa. <laughs> she's a lady. That song's gonna be stuck in my head now. Um, but we have our deity profile for the week. And I'm talking about fan. So fan, which means beauty or tear, is a beautiful sea goddess. And some scholars actually believe she originated as a Manx sea deity. And the Manx were the original inhabitants of the Isle of Man. So there's like a really cool like sea tie-in for you, Nick, which always uh, makes me think of you. I do. I do love nautical shit. 
Yeah. Um, and so over time, though, Fan turns from like a, this goddess to kind of like a fairy queen. We see her, you know, the way she's referred to evolve. And she appears most prominently in the Ulster cycle, um, the sele- which is a selection of medieval Irish legends that we we talked about a little bit when we covered them more again. And uh, she's also the wife of Mananon MacLear, who is a sea god. And so we're, you know, we're opening the Ulster cycle and we're flipping to this beautiful story and Fand enters as an otherworldly seabird, like seagull, but make it fashion. Uh, Like all good otherworldly seabirds, she's with a flock of enchanted birds and each pair in the flock is joined together by a silver chain and Fan flying with her sister, Levin, stands out from the other pairs because they're actually connected by a gold chain Ooh. yeah and and they're carrying coconuts from africa to britain exactly exactly uh and you know here comes our hero who you're familiar with already kuchelen and he hurls stones at the seabirds like a real dick and one of them just like smacks right into fans wing feathers so we know these ladybirds are going to be coming back, right? Like they're not going to just like let this guy throw shit at them. Um, and then they do come back. But instead of being in the form of these like sexy birds, they're in the form of like some haughty otherworldly ladies. And they confront the shit out of him. And by that, I mean, they beat Cahillan with horse whips until he falls ill and is bedridden for an entire year. Wow, that that is a strong beatdown. I mean, you know, they threw they Horse threw rocks at him too. Horse whips, I know. So while our hero though is down for the count, our hero Cahillan, who was kind of a dick up until this point, um, Mananon McClear leaves Fan alone and basically defenseless against Fomorian warriors who are going after like control of the Irish Sea. Uh, the Fomorians, as you might remember, are an ancient magical race of dark-haired, dark-skinned giants believed to have inhabited Ireland before the Tuatadanan arrived. Um, but the Fomorians are associated with like chaos and destructive powers of nature. So Fan, being like a goddess of healing and earthly pleasures, like fairy lady, wasn't exactly up to the task of fighting these baddies all by her lonesome, right? Like that's a pretty tall order. So a plan emerges. Fan's sister, Leban, and Cuchulain's uh, charioteer, Lyg, negotiated for Cuchulain's return to health in exchange for his help against the Fomorians. So they're like, come on, man, we'll like make you all better if you, this like strong battle hero, comes help us, comes and helps us. Uh, so an agreement is reached. And at Samhain, Cahillan's year of illness is finally over. And at this time, you know, it's Samhain and he's like just coming out of this like life-threatening illness. Um, The veil between the worlds of the human and the supernatural is, of course, the thinnest. And he was able at that point to like pass really easily from like his world to the other world. Um, So Cahillan beats down the Fomorians and he and Van become lovers. You know, it's like hot. It's like, man, she fucked me up, but then she helped me get better. And then I like beat up the bad guys. And so they're going to ride off into the sunset, right? Of course. Uh (laughs) Of course. I mean, I've been reading a bunch of very shitty romance novels, and I can tell you that's exactly what would happen. Yeah. So, you know, but like you do, Cahillan's wife, Emer, who we hadn't mentioned, uh, decides to kill Fan, you know. 
So we've got Emer here angrily traipsing into the other world to confront the two of them. Uh, but when Emer sees them together, she realizes how much Kachalin loves Fan. And Emer does something that I don't think ever gets done, really. But she just decides to give up her man for his own sake and let him and Fan run away together. Which I, I really hope that they sent her like a nice fruit basket or something after that. Right. Well, Fan, who did not want to be outdone in the magnanimity department by a mere mortal, uh, decides actually to leave Kachalin to Emer and return to her husband. She's like, nah, bitch, you are a solid lady. You win. So Mananon, of course, you know, Fan's husband, knew that her affair with Kukhalin was doomed because Kukhalin was mortal and Fan was the queen of the fairies. So, you know, he was letting her sow her wild oats. Uh, But when his wife gets home, he wraps her up in his magical cloak, which makes her forget her handsome hero boy. And by doing so, he helps maintain the purity of the fairy world. And then, you know, back on Earth, with the help of the druids, Man- uh, Mananon actually gives the gift of forgetfulness to uh, to Colin as well in the form of a magic potion that he and his wife take. And it helps return them to, like, their original states. You know, they're not... That way they're not able to just, like, jump back and forth between here and the other world. Because, you know, that's uh, not something they have a vested interest in. Uh, so as a sea goddess and a fairy goddess, Fan is like a gatekeeper deity, right? So she's someone who can help you as you're passing from the mundane into the magical world. So you can call on her for safe passage when you're astral projecting or before sleep if you're planning to do some dream magic or I would say even before like big travel. Uh, and she's also a great goddess to call on to help with like emotional healing and for blessings in your love life. Which I think makes sense. Like, clearly, she's got some things going on for her. Like, she's just attracting men who she once, you know, forced to be bedridden for a year plus. That's some, like, haughty energy, I yeah, think. Yeah, I mean, you've you got to have it going on. If right? you beat someone to within an inch of their life with a horsewhip. And then they and still then love you. They're still into it. It's insane. Um, But yeah, so that's fan. It's kind of like a short one, but I know we've been doing longer ones recently. Um, So I use transceltic.com, our good, dear, personal friend, Wikipedia, and which is in pagans.com. Wow. I really, I also really like that it's like a Manx legend because I feel like we, we look a lot at Gaelic things and we tend to like zero in on like Ireland and Scotland and like, you know, even like saxon germany for like a lot of like celtic myths but it's like the isle of man is right there in the thick of it yeah the isle man's got it going on and also (laughs) shout out to manx cats for being so cute oh my god so much cuteness cuteness overload truly and you know that's something that makes everyone happy so so this is this is supposed to be a very, very happy episode, and I'm really, really trying to like make this such a positive tarot scope. But here's the deal, you know, that we can't we can't have our cake and eat it too. So uh this week's tarot scope reading is for all the earthy Capricorn babes out there. And there is some intense energy in Capricorn world, apparently. Uh, um, yeah. So for all the lovely caps, and we do love y'all so much. Uh, I, when I was actually doing this drawing for this, I um, was thinking about my brother, who is a Capricorn, and Shannon's partner, Eric, who 
is also a Capricorn. Yeah. So, uh, you know, no two Capricorns very well. And so that's kind of who I was thinking about. So, you know, we, lo- we love Capricorns here at Wands and Fronds podcast. Uh, so for all of y'all, we had the devil card reversed. Uh, so on a positive note, this would indicate that you are right on the verge of a major breakthrough in life. So good for you. Uh, but, and there is always a but, isn't there? Isn't there? Uh, <laughs> uh, it also kind of clues us in that you might be struggling with some deep emotional waters right now. Uh, you might be being held back by some limiting beliefs or self-doubt about your current path and feel like you've maybe been stopped dead in your tracks. But fear not, headstrong Capricorns of the world. The great news here is that if you can practice detachment, which is like a key theme of this card, and take a good look at your life, you might finally be able to put some of those limiting beliefs about yourself to the side once and for all. And that could even be the breakthrough in and of itself. Um, I would also interpret this as a call to action to face your own shadow in the interest of making this major breakthrough. Uh, And who knows, setting down the burden could be the catalyst for something really big for you guys. Uh, And thankfully, I would say detachment is one of the fortes of the Capricorn personality. So this should come naturally to you. You just have to sit down and, you know, uh, do it. I just, I have to say, when Nick texted me this today, I like cackled because my partner Eric has been uh, doing a lot of meditating on the devil card because they've drawn it a couple of times in the past few weeks, uh, which, so when I, I texted my partner to to tell them that you had drawn this and they were just like, oh, all right. Uh, so definitely feels like it's hitting home over here. But yeah, love letter to Capricorns. I definitely found out that I have a type because it's like my three big celebrity crushes are all Capricorns. My partner is a Capricorn. And then I found out my therapist is a Capricorn. So, you know. Yeah. Lots of Capricorn love. Lots of Capricorn love. So, you know, you. but yeah, the, the message here is you really got to sit down and do the work Capricorns, but that should come easily to you. That's like your whole thing, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, sit down and do it. Yeah. So that's, that's what we say. That's the bitter end, though. Yeah. What a day. Yeah, kind of a short one this week, you know, but we, we wanted to keep it light. This yeah. is a light one. This is not a this is not a heavy episode. It's also still a little over an hour, which I love that that's now short for us. Yeah. Well, I mean, because we've been really kind of getting closer and closer know, to having yeah. like full two hour episodes. So. Uh, y'all let us know well, if you don't like it. I've been having fun with it, but if y'all are like too much, let well, us know. Sometimes I'm like doing the research and I'm like, there is literally only so much that you can cut out. Yeah. A hundred percent. Hundo P. So yeah, we'd love <laughs> so, some feedback on the episode um, length from anybody, uh, which you can send to us at wandsandfronspod at gmail.com, or you can always message us on at wandsandfronspod uh, on Instagram. And if you're trying to get a question to one of us specifically, just let us know. Um, otherwise, we're both kind of in and out of the messages there. But and we do I, love I to hear from you. I will do a thing when, when someone writes in where I will try to sign off that it's me. Yeah, same. Because especially if I feel like it's a very Shannon question, 
I'll be like, this is what I think, but this is Nick. (laughs) uh, Yeah. I feel like we do our best to like let y'all know who we are, but you know, y'all are so sweet and we do love hearing from you. So we do. And I would say also, you know, if you want to send us a bag of rubies, we would love that. Or a bag of citrine. Or a bag of citrine. Hey, I think citrine's a little cheaper, y'all. Y'all, you know? we're we're so generous that we're willing to accept a bag of citrine in lieu of a bag of rubies. So there you go. What benevolent for, co-hosts for all you the have. fans on a budget? But no, really though, you guys, um, if you like what you hear, give us a download, give us a five star rating. Uh, we really could not do it without you guys. So you know, show us some love um, in yeah. in whatever ways you can. Well, that brings us to the very That's end. Yeah. yeah. So to all the bitches out there, Nick, what do we say? Oh, we say blessed be bitches. Blessed be bitches. Goodbye. Bye now. So yeah, we're, you know, patio ladies. We are patio ladies. <laughs>